The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Kobe Brown fires again. He's feeling it and he's going to the line. And another Brazil gray. This time it's the gray. Position three. Missouri on a 10 nothing run. Fuck KU. Fuck KU. Fuck KU. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Hey, Colin. It's, uh, we can say something today that I don't think we've ever been able to say, which is we're recording in what is the middle of the SEC Basketball Conference Tournament semifinals, and we're watching Mizzou play. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's remarkable. Conzo Martin and the teams that he had seemed like a distant memory. You know, that seems like three years ago, not last year. <laughs> and that is an accomplishment for Dennis Gates, who, congratulations, just got an extension and uh, I would say well fucking earned. I think for the other people that are critical of Drinkwitz contract, this one ought to go down a little smoother. <laughs> I think it um, has. Yeah, know, there was a. It's, I feel like. If Gates had gone the Drinkwitz route, he would have gave that uh, Rene Francois ha, 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 kid <laughs> a, a starting role with a torn with a torn shoulder. Uh, <laughs> if, if he was going <laughs> to, that's because if I was Gates, I would have looked at Drinkwitz and been like, "So that's I need to start the kid at the end of the bench with a torn labrum." And that's how the contract <laughs> extensions work. Is that how I get my my money. Yeah, yeah. The key that unlocks the contract door is Ben Sternberg with a with a torn labrum, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, we're not looking at that. We are looking at, uh, we're, we should say, this is halftime currently when we're recording this. So I'm sure when you listen to it, you'll know the outcome of this game. But uh, Missouri's trailing Alabama 31-29 at the half. Mizzou had, has started off 
poorly offensively and were down in double digits for a while and have fought back to a two-point deficit at the half. Of course, on that Demoy Hodge, amazing shot, Colin. I mean, that was so far been the play of the game. And not let Brown shake loose for three. And they go long to Hodge. He fires. Oh, my gosh! What a shot by Demoy Hodge! I told you, they just have a knack to make guarded threes. Hodge is just Clarence Gilbert 2.0. I mean, he just... Yeah, I, I, he didn't shoot like any threes in the first half, but he's the he's that guy that can just go off from uh, anywhere. They've got to find him some looks in the second half here because, man, he can fucking fill it up when he gets hot. And, man, Kobe Brown, he was always one of Conzo's better finds. You know, he was always a, a good basketball player, but I'd be lying if I said I imagined he would be this basketball player uh, he, right now. You know, like he is a... He's a fucking stud. I mean, there's no two ways about it. He's a fucking stud. He's a he's something Mizzou hasn't had in ages, which is a clear, defined, absolute star player. You know, he is he anybody in the country would take him on his team. You know, anybody yeah. in the country. What do you have? Twenty four um, against Tennessee. I mean, he just he shows up every night. You can depend on him. He's big. He's physical. I can't believe how well he. I mean, he the way he creates his own shot. Like that was one thing about him. I always figured, like you know, he's a good ball player. And, uh, he's got some skills and he does, he creates his own shot. I mean, he can, he's a scorer and I just never saw that from him. I always knew he could score given the opportunity, but he creates his own, his own shot and he, he, he drives the offense more than I ever imagined he would. Well, and it was, I mean, I don't want to go play by play on this because, um, obviously, like I said, you're going to be, you're going to know the outcome by the time this is over. Mizzou just took the lead. So they are in this game, in the second half against, you know, one of the best teams in the country. And, of course, Kobe Brown is a huge factor in it. Noah Carter has played an extremely good first half for Missouri and helped keep him in this game as well. Yeah. When, shots um, down the stretch. When, Dyer, when Dyer started playing, I thought Noah Carter would be the guy who who may saw – or see fewer minutes, but he has played um, a lot. And he has played well. I feel like he kind of has a junkyard dog quality about him. You know, he kind of seems a little reckless and stuff, but um, he's got a nose for the ball and just takes some shots that just seem to find the hoop. And yeah, he's an asset. I, I think Colin, obviously we're wanting Mizzou to win this game and play for a conference tournament title on Sunday, but just the season in general, we're heading into Selection Sunday tomorrow, and for the first time in I don't know how long, we know, we absolutely know Mizzou is in the tournament, and we're just talking about what seed they're going to get. And the fact that we're arguing about seeding is just astonishing because, I mean, there were there were people may not remember this, but there were a lot of people saying, well, give Collins another year or whatever, and this just is just evidence. You don't need five years. You don't need ten years. A good coach can make it happen in basketball fast. And, and people said we were crazy for talking like that, but it's absolutely true. And then when it comes into fruition, you see, oh, yeah, this is not something, you know, Kim Anderson didn't destroy the program for 25 years. This can be fixed, and it has been fixed. And, you know, who knows what we're going to look like next year. A lot of these guys are seniors. You know, a lot of transfers came in, but that's the nature of college basketball now. We're going to have a lot of transfers. We're going to have a lot of seniors. That's just the way college sports is. But Dennis Gates has found a combination of – players that just works they have it and they want to play for him and that doesn't change the personnel can change but the way these young players want to play for Dennis Gates that's going to remain consistent and I think we're already past the point where we say we consider the season a success obviously but what's the ceiling for this team Colin like you know we may not win today we may 
We may win the conference tournament. We may go deep in the NCAA tournament. We may get beaten in the first round Norfolk State style. I don't know. But like, what do you think realistically is the ceiling for the rest of this season? Ceiling? Sweet 16. You know, floors, you know, out in the first round, uh, which is a great floor. It was the floor that, that, that kept Conzo here for so long. Yeah. So, you know, that's, if he does that in his first year, I don't think anybody would complain, especially with as much turnover in the roster as we've had. Like I said, he's, he's an inarguable success. And, mm-hmm. um, I can't believe he didn't win coach of the year. And in fact, like he didn't even get, you know, for the SEC coach of the year, didn't even get Buzz, whatever his fucking name is, the guy that wears, looks like he's a, a, a plain black jack at a fucking $2 table in a casino, whatever that guy's name is. And, uh, yeah, Jerry Stackhouse for Vanderbilt. I'm like, what the fuck did they do? They didn't piss a drop. I mean, they didn't. All they did was not suck really bad. You know, like they didn't weren't great by any stretch of the imagination. Not sucking would have suck. been great for me. I would have loved if Gates would have just not sucked. You know what I mean? I would have taken yeah. that. But Gates has turned this program completely around and can't even get mentioned. But Jerry Stackhouse getting a getting the fucking nod for not sucking. Well, I'll give Jerry Stackhouse this. They beat Kentucky last night. I was very happy to see it. And uh, that probably puts them in the tournament. And for people who were saying that Mizzou's doing well this year because the SEC is down, they're going to put eight or nine teams in this tournament. And so fuck you. I mean, you're wrong. You know, Bama's one of the top teams in the country. Yeah, yeah Vanderbilt did win last night. I guess I'm being a little too hard on Vanderbilt. I just, I'm upset that Gates didn't even get a mention. I mean, I I just feel like anybody who's paying, who paid any attention to this, this Mizzou program for the base of the past 10 years, this is a huge turnaround. It's well, just, and it, it, it makes me out. It, it makes me happy because I grew up in a world where Mizzou was competitive at basketball. And I know the enthusiasm that this state and this fan base has for basketball. And I was worried that basically a decade plus of being just basically a fucking botched back alley abortion of a fucking program would you know sort of stifle that but it's come right back with the win and there is like i said there's just a huge enthusiasm in this state for it i mean i think those years ago everybody would have said you know missouri's a basketball school i I think that would have been inarguable and i don't know that anybody listening to this show right now who was born in you know after the year 2000 would could imagine that no and it's not just the that the team is looking better. I mean, the stands are full, the fans are back and enthusiastic in a way that, that I can't really imagine because it was tough to just pull teeth to get the people to come out to the arena. And I honestly was like, well, maybe this is just the way people are now. They just would rather watch it on TV and it's hard to get people to know people want to go to these games. The team is incredibly fun to watch. And where we sit right now, Colin, you talk about Dennis Gates getting completely snubbed for coach of the year. That's one of the main reasons I want them to win this conference tournament right now is because having beat Tennessee last night, that's good enough for this team. You know, they can go home happy and satisfied getting to the semifinals. They don't need to win today. They don't need to win tomorrow to know that they're a good team and they're going into Selection Sunday with a seed that's in the top eight. But the way this conference continually just dismisses Mizzou, whether it's football or now basketball, strangely – I think we all need to be satisfied and okay with just being the spoiler and the, t- and the team that ruins everybody's good time because we are utterly dismissed by all of our yeah. players in the conference. Teams that have no business dismissing Missouri. Like yeah. Mississippi State well, I think is a dog shit school and a dog shit program <laughs> and they think they're better than us. You know what I mean? Mississippi yeah, oh, yeah, State is 
one of the worst schools in the worst state in America. You know what I mean? Like they have no business dismissing anyone for anything, but they yeah. all think they do. And They're so basically dead last in every category, except for obesity and illiteracy and bestiality. Yeah. You know what I mean? They lead the league. <laughs> child morbidity rate. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a and lot so, of babies die in that state. Brendan. A lot of babies <laughs> die in that state. And so for us to win this tournament, would be an amazing way to just stick our fucking middle finger in their eye. And I would love to see it because, you know, Paul Feinbaum was dismissing Mizzou as like a meh team and said that Dennis Gate hadn't done anything to distinguish himself until his win over Tennessee. Well, first of all, Paul Feinbaum, we beat Tennessee before, you dumb motherfucker. Feinbaum is one of these guys who acts like an expert, but all he does is he picks the top elite programs. He picks Kentucky and basketball and Alabama and football, and you don't have to have a PhD in anything to do that. And so, fuck him. Fuck the conference. Yeah, that's what my, my wife would pick that. Yeah. <laughs> she watches yeah, a lot of like, hoops, doesn't she? He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not getting it out any over his skis with these predictions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think, the, I think the fan base has to have taken on that mentality that you're talking about, Brent, being the spoiler. I mean, if you look every time we win a game, our fan base goes onto Twitter and just fucking roasts that team on yeah. their official account. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they always throw up that score like oh, Missouri seven or 79. Uh, Tennessee 73 or whatever. Yeah. And then, then the fucking comment section, it's just full of Mizzou fans showing their ass. And I'm happy about it. Like the Mizzou fans at we're Mizzou fans. We all recognize that they look at us like some annoying step sibling. that's come with uh, a new dad. <laughs> and uh, like, we just, <laughs> you know, we don't want to be like, who's this kid living in my house? Yeah. I keep calling him my brother, but I don't know this fucking kid. He's picking his nose. What a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Why I do I have to share my room? Great- with- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish my mom didn't have such great tits and this guy and this fucking kid wouldn't have moved into my house. Yeah. And that's the way the SEC looks at Mizzou. Yeah. Our St. And Louis so and Kansas it- City media markets are the great tits in this circumstance. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm just, uh, I just, I enjoy the fact that we can, you know, enjoy that role and and play that role and continue to do so. I mean, you throw it up, Brennan, every time. It's like fucking chum in the water to these fucking jackasses. You know, Tennessee isn't even SEC. Yeah, it doesn't belong in the SEC. Yeah. So for those of you who don't on Twitter, we always throw up these, you know, these memes and. And Brennan has made one for every school in the SEC. Yeah, and it says every that every time we beat a school, fill in the blank doesn't belong in the SEC. Just it's just yeah. regurgitating what they always say to us, you know. Yeah, like sorry, Tennessee doesn't even belong in the SEC. And like the chum in the water, they don't get jackass it. Jackass sharks come, and they don't get it. They don't understand that it's satirical. They're just like, are you out of your fucking mind? We started the SEC. We are founding members. Yeah, we need to make one column for each team that's like <laughs> beating us is your Super Bowl, you know. I mean, that's the new thing yeah. that everybody likes to say. Oh, yeah, you're just, you're just your Super Bowl. <laughs> like We're 23 yeah, and 8. How many make, Super Bowls have we had this year, assholes? We need to make a uh, we need to make a shirt that's just a hand with a fucking giant Super Bowl ring with the emblem of every SETC team that we've beaten this year. <laughs> um, yeah. And just be like, just fucking, you know, just fucking destroying Super Bowls right now. Slaying them. Slaying them. Yeah. What what Gates has done, Colin, I mean, I don't think it can be understated. It's just incredible. It's just incredible. And we didn't, while we, look, we didn't predict that he would have this kind of success. Nobody predicted this kind of success. But we did say, give this guy a chance, you know, because I don't know about you, Colin, when these coaching searches come, 
I'm not going to pretend like I know everybody's resume down to the like division two level. You know, it's the same thing with the, yeah. with these, um, athletic directors, but what he had done was solid and there's different directions you can go. Desiree Reed Francois decided to go with an up and comer at a lower level school. And I think that's always a, a riskier choice, but it has a high upside. And the, the maybe more safer choice would be somebody who's had, who's done this at another Division One school that you think you can pull away. That maybe is safer, but a it doesn't always work out. B it's more expensive, and C there's no guarantee they're going to go from one Division One school to your Division One school. So I was okay with the choice, but like nobody predicted the massive success he's had. And who knows? It's year one, so we have to stipulate that. But what a turnaround in year one. I mean, what a turnaround. And I dare say that I'm happy no matter what happens from here on out because I think very good things could happen. I mean, I, Colin, I know this. I'm getting pie in the sky, but let's do it. Butler won a, went to the Final Four one year. You know what? Butler. Uh, South Carolina's been to a Final Four. I think they've only been to nine tournaments. You talk about their ceiling being Sweet 16. I'm not saying they're going to make a Final Four. I know that's ridiculous. But – Anything can happen in college basketball in a way that it's not possible in college football. This team, when they get hot, they can beat almost anyone yeah. in the country. And they're yeah, Hodge could and you Hodge stay could on a run. Five three pointers. Yeah. If you, you stay know, on a run five minutes of the game. Yeah. If you stay on a run, then you go down far in the tournament. You don't have to win that many games to make it deep into the tournament. You win two games, you're already a sweet sixteen team, you know, one of the best sixteen teams in the country. So there is potential here because of the explosive talent on this team. And like you say, they could go out in the first round. It's happened before. It'll happen again. It's fine. But I think this team has a tremendous upside and it's just going to be fun to watch what happens. And we can all watch what happens without feeling tremendous amounts of, I don't know, angst about whether this season is or isn't successful because of course it's successful. This has been a joy to watch. I think what we end this segment by saying that uh, Mizzou's mom has rocking tits. <laughs> That's right. And uh, the SEC dad came sniffing around. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's got a bro. boat. <laughs> yep. He's throwing hot ropes, bro. Yeah. He's throwing hot ropes, a frothy jizz, mama's way. <laughs> and, yep. uh, you know, look, the, step, the kids, dad's kids, they don't love it. They remember their old mom. And, uh, yeah. But she's got rocking tits. But those rocking tits go and, far. Uh, and regardless of what happens today, we're going to the tournament. You know, the tournament sent the invitation. Mizzou responded with uh, "Yes, Queen." And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, we're on our way. Yeah. So why don't we uh, take our first break? Come back and talk a little football because spring football is around the corner, and it's nice to be in March and actually, you know, have to remind ourselves that football's around the corner. And I guess just catch up because it's been a while since we've done a show. So till then, this is the Mazzocca. <laughs> Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets.
And we are back. And uh, Mizzou's currently leading Alabama deep into the second half, but just by a point. So uh, as this is going on, Colin, we want to pivot to football. Spring practice. Spring has sprung. And, you know, the, the quarterback situation is going to, for the next several months, be the number one topic for this team. I think a lot of fans got pretty scared when Sam Horn grabbed his elbow while he was playing baseball for this Mizzou baseball team. Don't know if he's going to do much playing for the baseball team since that happened, but Football is a different animal. The throwing is less intense on one's arm in football than it is in baseball. And he's in practice and he's playing and he's throwing footballs and he's slinging them. But that doesn't mean he's going to start. But what does sound like to me, Colin, and a lot of people are just pretty much writing this off is that we're done having Brady Cook as our quarterback, regardless of him being on the squad. It's going to be Garcia or it's going to be Horn. And uh, I don't have an answer for you as who would. Well, it needs to be. I mean, ultimately, I have to believe, I have to believe that Sam Horn truly was not ready last year. He was just, he was not a finished enough product talent though he may have to play football. And that's why you're starting a, like I said, a, a, a conference USA court level quarterback with a torn leg. Because I can't imagine Drinkwitz is that dumb, but maybe he is, but you're a college coach worth the salary you're being paid. And you're not looking to replace Brady Cook after watching him play football last year. And I understand there's a lot of people that are Brady Cook fans, but you just on a practical level, on a you have to understand, you have to know he's not good enough. You know what I mean? Like if you really want to compete at the SEC, you want to compete for an SEC East title, you can't have Brady Cook as your starter. That's no. just it's not realistic. And so I, I'm sure that that he is not going to start next year. I'm just sure of it. And if he does start next year. I'll, I'm off the bandwagon with Drinkwitz. You know what I mean? That's, that'll be it. Cause if you can't identify Brady Cook as a problem on your football team, then you aren't a very good coach. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Sam Horn or Garcia play. Well, and as you know, Colin, I got pretty turned off about Drinkwitz last year. And, and the main reason for that, I felt like was that, especially after we found out that Brady Cook's had been playing all year long with the torn labrum, even with, with three other guys on the bench. I just can't imagine a world where any one of those guys healthy isn't better than an injured cook who's not that great when he's at full strength. And that piled on top of the fact that he played a very injured and not very good Connor Bazelak the year before, two years making the exact same, in my mind, error in his personnel decision. And just five and seven, five and seven, five and seven, five and seven. Lots of great recruiting, but never showing much more than what Barry Odom can do. And I know it's a completely different circumstance, but when you got the Kim Anderson to Conzo Martin to now Gates, and then you have the Odom to Drinkwitz to question mark, I'm not saying fire Eli Drinkwitz, but that man has got to prove me something this year because if he doesn't produce something better than 500 this year, I'm sick of the guy because he's a lot of smirks and a lot of jokes, but not much in the results category. And he has at least one. I mean, give me Sam Horn. I want to. I want to take a look at the guy before I write him off. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. maybe he wasn't ready, but well, let us see because there were a lot of circumstances he could have played him and didn't last year where we could have seen for ourselves. And so he's in spring ball. Yeah. He's playing. He's going to get 
He's going to have well, Brent, a year and a half. Jack Abrams snap and that snaps. You know what I mean? We had to get Jack Abrams those snaps. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's, he's done so much well, for the program. we got to get Jack Abraham. Well, and you know, he's going to, he mean, and he's going to mean so much to our program this year. Yeah. Like, we got to get him. <laughs> right. Um, so we do got Garcia from Miami. We don't know what he's capable of yet either, but it's nice to have two options that look a little bit stronger than what Brady Cook brings to the table. And it's nice to hear that Brady Cook is sort of off the table. And I don't know if he's third string, but he doesn't sound like he's going to be a first string starter. At least that's what all the whispers amount to. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I'm on the Brinkwitz bandwagon. I'm, this is my last year on the bandwagon. Uh, if he starts uh, Cook or if he just, like I said, goes 500 or worse, I'm done. But I'm still on because of the recruiting. So this is Sam Horns, his recruit. Garcia's his transfer. Um, you know, we've got some, we got several kids I'm looking forward to seeing play some football. Well, Colin, what do you think about, you know, Drinkwitz is full of snark and full of winks and nods, specifically at other fan bases and other in the media. He kind of directed it at a fan recently when they were discussing the quarterback situation and one of the guys suggested what was he, it what, what is that is he's they were saying something about telling him to play horn oh yeah taking advice from a twitter a yeah he said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and, and, and telling him he needed to play horn and uh i think Drinkwitz responded to a fan which he rarely does saying his definition of insanity was taking advice from random dudes on twitter and i mean my response to that was Man, you better figure it out because in a year, if you haven't, you're going to be a random dude on Twitter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, and I think I, I, I'm glad it responds because I know that they see it and they hear it and they feel it. I know they do, but they like to pretend that they don't. And, you know, anytime a coach says, well, I don't watch the news and I don't pay attention to Twitter and I don't, I, I don't ever see that stuff, you know. Well, and it's not um, just social media, Colin. Um, I don't know if you remember when we played Kansas and there was so much hype for the yeah. Kansas basketball game and all these fans and antlers were sitting outside waiting for the doors to open and Drinkwitz came with pizza that looked like Mr. Cool coach I guy. I remember that. And yeah. uh, brought the pizza and they were all loving it. What he didn't probably love is when they all gathered around him and started chanting, play Sam Horn, play Sam Horn. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, that's why I like when he responds to fans. That's why I like when he gets caught on camera in a CF of uh, students. Because he can't pretend he doesn't know or hear. Like I, I remember one of the masks I ever got when we we were just starting this show, and Gary Pinkle was still our coach. And one of the Whitey McWhiterson's running backs we've had over the years was playing pretty well. And anytime he got an opportunity, he was really making the most of it. And I remember Pinkle's team was struggling, and people were asking all the time, "Why isn't Whitey McWhiterson playing?" And I don't remember Whitey McWhiterson's name. There's been a million of them, but. I remember. I'm sure his name was Tyler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I remember Pinkle being asked about him after he had actually played some snaps and had a good game. And Pinkle was basically he's like, "Well, where were you guys? Of course, you think you should play now because he just had a good game. Where were you guys at? You know, three weeks ago." And I was just like, "Fuck you, man!" The entire fan base has been screaming this kid <laughs> name for. Yeah. The entire season, and you know he knows it too. So when he says that, he's knowingly basically middle fingering you, saying like, "Oh, I don't pay attention. I never heard that before today. I decided independently to start throwing this kid out here because you know yeah, I'm the coach, or whatever." And it's yeah, and so I I like that when these coaches get caught in these situations because it's like, hey, you can't pretend that you didn't hear the buzz that you made this decision, you just completely independently, and that you know 
the you know best and the fans didn't notice. You know, it was you who noticed that Brady Cook was bad. It was you who thought Sam Horn should play. You didn't feel any pressure from the outside. Like, fuck you. You know they feel that pressure. The, the media and a lot of the coaches a lot of times like to tell fans to shut up or you're reactionary or you don't know what you're talking about. But I think a lot of the times it turns out the fans aren't as stupid as you may make them out to be. You know what well, I mean? Well, and like, most of the time it's – fans aren't making it independent. Like, hey, man – Check out Sam Horn. He's super handsome. I want him to start. It's like, no, they just see how bad the other quarterback is. Like, please start the guy who had five stars behind his name. Yeah. Or, or do something different. Watch, and uh, this is different. Well, remember the whole um, Ish Witter situation? Yeah. It, it reminds me of when the fans, us included, was like, why is Ish Witter playing so much? Why is Ish Witter playing so much? Because every time Roundtree would step on the field, he would do something awesome. And it was one of those situations where you're just like, the fans are right. We, I see you guys running ish weather. I know you guys keep telling me that, man, he blocks well, <laughs> you know, or there's always some, always really tough, good, good hands, really gritty. Yeah. You guys guy gets his nose in there. Uh, all those fucking basically insults, you know, like flipped on their ear, like, Hey, we got to figure out, we've got to find adjectives that fit this guy that will justify his playing time. Yeah. Um, the way they talked about Ish Witter, you would assume he was a 5'8 white slot receiver. They were just like, you're heaping praise on him, like, boy, he's gritty and he's tough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's the tough mark. Yeah. Yeah. The Rudy, <laughs> the Rudy like compliments. Yeah, the, that's right. And that's like, um, that's how you know, like, I just like, uh, that he shouldn't have been playing as much as he was. And they, you know, the fans are screaming for Roundtree. And then I don't know if you guys remember what Roundtree's career looked like after that. <laughs> like he ended up being he ended up being pretty good good to quite good ended up not being yeah i would say quite good mm -hmm. he was better than fine yeah more than fine fine is not strong enough not fine better nope better than fine do you think this is a hot seat year for Drinkwitz? do you think this is make or break for him i mean i know for it's me personally to imagine that the new contract well, I know, but I also think we're in an era where extensions don't really matter. All it amounts to is it increases your buyout. But teams sure. have shown themselves time and again willing to eat the buyout. And so I know we got an extension, and people will mention that on Twitter all the time. But lots of teams give extensions and fire the guy the next year. It happens. And I don't know yeah. that, that Desiree Reed Francois won't be willing to do that. So – um, in my mind, I mean, if he can't produce better results this year, I am totally done with the guy. But I don't yeah. know if the athletic administration will be. Yeah, I don't know either. Look, again, he's a, a good recruiter, and he was a very inexperienced coach when we got him. And I like to believe that he is learning each year. I like to believe that he is he's, he's just having to be seasoned a little bit. But I'm hoping that coaching experience and recruiting will sort of cross each other on this Venn diagram and we're going to have a, we're going to have a, some success. So um, that's what I'm hoping for. Like I said, recruiting as anybody who listens to this show knows, I will never stop. I'll never shut up about how important recruiting is. It's the most important thing. Second place is fucking miles behind it. And to this point, the guy seems to be able to recruit. And so I want the coaching stuff to come. Well, Mizzou's gone ice fucking cold. We're now down 10 and gave a fucking rebound back to Alabama. And Mo Diarrhea is just playing a terrible fucking game for the Tigers. But 
this is a team, uh, if we can be down by 10, we can be down by 15 points. There's eight minutes left in this game. And I'm like, man, if we get hot, we're still back in this thing. And that's what's fun about this team. And they may well lose. They're playing one of the best teams in the country, and they're down double digits late. So, Dude, I love Dyer. He is fucking – he does shit as a guy. The, the stuff he does at his size is like, oh, that guy's league, league bound. He is going to the league. Man, he's one for seven. From the field, 0 from 3 for three-point land, and he's got one rebound. Yeah, he's having a bad game. I'm and not saying that. But he's several layups. NBA. He's not great right now. He's going to the NBA. I know that's hard to hear after watching this game, but... Yeah. Just, he just good. boned one off his leg right now, Colin, and gave up another turnover. So He's not having a great game, Bruno. I said it. I said that. Yeah. Well, I just want, I want to read... Is there anything else we need to talk about in football before we move on? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, we, by the way. We, I think at this point, we've all got to watch spring unfold, see what the spring game looks like, see who gets the most snaps. Uh, we're going to be talking about QBs till August and September mm-hmm. come around. And for me, yeah. it's make or break for Drinkwitz. So I think that's important. Um, we got to win a fucking bowl game. It's just like Conzo could not win a single game in the NCAA tournament, and that hung over his yep. head. Drinkwitz is going to have to win a fucking bowl game, and I don't care if it's one of the shittier bo- mid-December bowl games like we lost this year, but he's got to win mm-hmm. one. So, I yep. mean, I think that's the narrative going into this season. Moving on, well, we did not prepare any Kansas news for today, but I definitely think we need to roll into an old favorite, which is TJ Moe's Dude of the Week. Colin, we have a candidate, don't we? A strong candidate. We do, and I tell you what, it's hard not to give it to TJ. Uh, <laughs> it's always hard not to give it to DJ. Yeah, that guy has gone. That guy's gone full lunatic. But well, and I'll say the, this: uh, TJ's going to have a certain level of built-in uh, defenders because he's gone political. And if you go political, you automatically have a bunch of friends and a bunch of enemies immediately, regardless of what you're political yeah. stripe is. We and hated TJ Mo before it was in vogue. Yeah, let's make this clear. Our naming the award for TJ Mo Douche of the Week Award was almost a decade Nothing ago. Nothing politics. No, it was when he was a sports analyst and also when he threw his entire football team under the bus for telling including all kinds of tales, <laughs> including the starting quarterback, telling all sorts of bullshit out of school. I mean, everybody who played because with TJ Mo. he is Mo, a whore for attention. He <laughs> is a filthy Filthy gutter whore for attention. That's right. He will sit a there in his cheap fucking slut for attention. A thirsty, thirsty, thirsty bitch. A dirty Mike and the boys fucking hobo orgy of thirsty for fucking attention. Yeah, and no amount of Smoothie King smoothies will quench his <laughs> thirst. <laughs> yeah. I call yeah, that's right. Anyway. Years ago, LaDamian Washington tweeted back at TJ Moe after he started telling all these tales out of school about, you know, years in, during the Pinkle administration, saying that we've all got dirt, TJ, but we've all kept it under our hat. You've benefited from this. Would you like us to air your dirty laundry? And I'll tell you what, I wish LaDamian Washington didn't have so much integrity because I would love yeah. to hear <laughs> the dirt on TJ Moe. Because well, TJ Moe has zero integrity. Anyway, so, uh, anyway, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the award was actually. I just want everybody to know. Like because I, we we try to remain apolitical when it comes to the sports stuff because we don't want to be Clay Travis or because Clay, Clay Travis used to I don't know if you people know this but Clay Travis used to talk about sports and we don't want to be Rex and, Chapman uh, either right like we don't want to be yeah, any of that exactly we just don't want to do that shit and so I just want everybody to know that my like, T J Mo douche of the week is predates his crazy political stuff it is all about him being a thirsty bitch. Um, <laughs> And 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 fucking rolling on his teammates, yeah. you know, like ten years ago. Yeah, and you can anyway, t- just tell he's a weird dude, and he sucks. Right? 
Yeah, on to the award. Yeah, so the award for equal amounts of douchitude, Colin, I don't know if you watched the Arkansas game last night. You know, Arkansas still in the SEC. I don't know how because they don't belong in the SEC. They <laughs> they played Texas mm, A&M. <laughs> they played Texas A&M last night and uh, – you know, they weren't even favored, but they lost 67 to 61. And their coach, who is, God, what a character this fellow is. Eminently Eric, unlikable. Yeah, Eric Musselman storms off the court, pouting, crying, just being a complete and total bitch, baby. And <laughs> yeah. I think one of the, maybe, I, I don't know if it was a Vanderbilt student journalist, some student journalist had their phone out and was recording him go down the tunnel. And Musselman stares him down and one of Musselman's assistants storms up behind him and slaps the phone out of his hand. His crime recording a public figure in a public setting, you know, and just being a bitch. My only question you, Colin, is it the assistant coach who slapped the phone out is the douche of the week or is it – the guy who leads the program. It's always Musselman. He has created this environment where his assistants feel comfortable doing this. He's created this environment where his team and his players are antagonizing assholes. You know, like they, Arkansas is unlikable as a team. He is an unlikable coach. They all, uh, it's just, they're, they suck. Yeah. I mean, just to put it, just to put a fine point out, they fucking suck hard. They do suck, and and they suck before Musselman came around. He, but he has sort of like ignited the spark of doucheitude yeah. that is the entire Razorbacks program, and yeah. uh, they're they're he's such. The raise, he's the raised the level of douche. He's raised it. Yeah, he's raised that bar. And it's true. The players yell and cry and moan and bitch on the sidelines in a way that the coach makes acceptable, and the tr- the other they, assistants. They're a bunch of shrieking lunatics because they're coach is a shrieking lunatic like i said they're it's an eminently unlikable team because they've taken on the uh, personality of their coach and their coach is a fucking douche and deserves this award so congratulations eric musselman it could be your own award but instead you have the honor of being uh, cast with tj mo as the douche of the week douche of the week so i, I think that was as well earned as a you know it's he's a basketball coach in the basketball tournament this week with the tigers Sometimes we have to reach for douches of the week. Eric Musselman provided an easy layup for us yeah. this week. Yeah. Hey, Brennan, before we go, I do want to, I do feel like there's one other story we should mention. Yeah, bring it on. And that is the Brett Shaver. Um, Sarver. The Brett Sharver? What is his fucking name? S-A-R-V-E-R, Sarver. Brett Sarver, I guess. I'm just going to call him Buffalo Bill because we know that's who he, he, that's who he is to this show. And That's right. Was um, he a great big fat person? He is, uh, he's a, uh, Got an ardent Mizzou fan and sort of defined by his imminent positivity. Optimism I mean, is just all. the most. His optimism is for Mizzou programs, for Mizzou coaches, for Mizzou players is admirable, infectious, and 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 bordering on uh, crazy. Yeah, uh, because sure. you know he's never, never he has never seen something that he didn't find wholly positive about this team, a coach or player. So. He's different from us, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, we know he listens to the show at least uh, sometimes. He, he's called the show before. He's been, uh, we, I believe him to be Buffalo Bill. I, I agree. Uh, I think you, that, that we can you, put that on him. If you uh, listen to the show, you know what that means. Was he a great big fat person? Anyway, he has sort of become like a mascot to Mizzou fans, especially to Mizzou Twitter. Like this, because he is just everywhere. You know, like if, if, if Power Mizzou or Dave Matter or, 
you know, what's that Maggie Johnson or, you know, any of these, any of these sort of Twitter Mizzou personalities like are tweeting, you can find him in the timeline. Yeah. He is living, eating, breathing Mizzou sports. And, uh, anyway, some stupid podcast that probably isn't even as popular as ours made some, which is a low bar. uh, Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And so made some basically bracketology sort of thing for fandom. And, yeah, they uh, picked one fan from I'm, each I'm, fan base, and he was our guy. Yeah, he's our guy, and, he, and it's, he's been such a good sport about it. And I, I just I just want to say that I love the memes, and if you're a Mizzou fan listening right now and you're not on Twitter, you're not going to know what we're talking about. But if you are, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And he, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Brett's our guy. Well, and it's, it circles back to Colin. You, you mentioned how we just absolutely roast the other team's official Twitter account whenever – uh, Mizzou beats one of the other teams in the conference. And it it rolls back to me, Colin. I, I've looked back over the years and seen like how many Twitter supporters, how many Twitter followers does the Mizzou football program have or the Mizzou basketball program have compared to other programs in the conference. And it's kind mm, of disappointingly sure. low. Like we're near the bottom and I don't know exactly mm. why. And I mean, there are a lot of people from Missouri and a lot of people that went to Mizzou. Why is it so low? Something has happened, and I don't know if we've just gotten louder or if we've gotten bigger, but that Twitter base is a factor now, and <laughs> Brett has become their unofficial spokesperson. And, mm-hmm. th- and the thing, too, is that you, he's unbridled optimism, as you mentioned. He was all for Conzo Martin, and you know we kind of stood on the opposite side of him on that whenever Conzo was seeing it to the door, but it's just whoever's the coach he's going to support, you know, and – other fan bases will go after him and they'll go after his looks on his profile and just kind of be yeah, mean. He's not a classically handsome fellow. Not a classically that. handsome, but no, no. Anyway, they go mean and they go after his looks and the guy couldn't take it better. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't. Yeah, he just steers right into it. Yeah. Doesn't care at all or doesn't appear to. And good on him for that in, a, in an era where people are pretty soft. And uh, so. I was hoping he'd win. We were supporting him as hard as we could for, even though the the title, I guess, was utterly meaningless. It was a Twitter poll for a podcast of nothingness. But I uh, think he ended up with getting second place. But I was, I just, I just wanted to bring it up because I, everybody that uh, helped and everybody was making the memes and everybody, I just, I was, uh, I was proud of Mizzou Twitter that day. (laughs) Keep it up, guys. And we're a supporter of Brett's. That's what we want to finish it off on, I guess. Buffalo Bill. We love you, kiddo. All right. On that note, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs>